The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Here Comes a Thought. Now, I'm sure you guys are all wondering who I am, because I haven't been on an episode for a good while, and it's been a long time. But uh, just to refresh your memory, I am Mark. I am a college student at uh, the University of Illinois at Chicago studying psychology. And this podcast is a whole uh, psychological and analysis there you go that's the word uh, <laughs> the show steven universe um so welcome um i am joined with my two very lovely co-hosts the licensed marriage and family therapist i am not licensed <laughs> okay i'm sorry the marriage and family therapist soon to be licensed yes california thank you thank you and our fabulous overly articulate and a little too organized for his own good uh, psychiatry student, Gian Ramos. I would like to thank our special guest, Mark, for introducing us. A special guest? Our guest speaker. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to preface that I was going to be on the last episode, um, and I'm just going to put this out here now. I am so sorry I was not here, and I apologize for everything that these two said i have not actually not heard it yet but i can only imagine what they said based on what they've been telling me and how it's been such a doozy (laughs) so i just want to apologize when i i they didn't want to talk about uncle grandpa episode that's the non-canon episode but i wanted to talk about it because i feel like there's some actual good points to it and it provides a lot of context for the audience however I, I, supposedly, these two decided to take it upon themselves to talk about Freud. So, I, w- now, I think our so audience wait, 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 will wait, 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 think wait. this. Now I remember why I didn't want to talk about Uncle Grandpa. It's because I feel it's out of order. Because I'm watching it on Hulu, and on Hulu, it's season two, episode one. Hmm. Well, Hulu is wrong because Wikipedia tells me it is season one, episode 48. Well, well, so- that episode isn't even canon, so it's in no season. Listen, I also wanted to talk about it because then it makes the breakdown of these, like this episode and the next episode, which is going to be the season one finale of Here Comes the Thought, and, and just to the, let you guys know. And, and that's the other thing. It's it's mentioned in the episode that it's non-canonical, which we talk I, about. Yes, I understand that, but it makes the breakdown of our episode so much cleaner because I yes. want the last two episodes that we're going to talk about in the next episode to just be that focus and not have it cut in half. You, you just literally wanted it to be just two and two and two. Special. Right? So... What are we going to talk about today, though? 
Okay, so today we're going to have something that kind of is befitting for the current climate here in America. Um, it's We're going to be talking about episode f- uh, The Message, followed by Political Power. So, you know, really fitting for, for this current climate here in America of politics and messages. Fun. <laughs> and messages. And messages. And, and the messages that they uh, convey. We but live in enough a messaging culture. Exactly. Uh, um, so anyway, we're going to start with the message. Um, I also want to apologize. I have not watched these two episodes um, in a couple of weeks because we, uh, John and I actually tried recording these episodes a couple weeks ago. Order. Yeah, until I realized John was reco- had these all out of order. So I didn't know I Uncle no. Grandpa didn't count. That's oh. what happened. So anyway, we're <laughs> going to talk about the message now. I'll give my I'll give my my bit. Um, so in the message, um, the whole episode is uh, it starts off with um, Stephen and Greg. They're at his van out in the beach, and they're coming up with some sick jams. And and uh, Greg is writing this new song because he's inspired by Lapis Lazuli and her stealing the ocean all the way back in uh, Ocean Gem. I think that's what the episode was. Um, and um, he's trying to make it like this, like hardcore rock kind of song. Um, but Steven's like, no, 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 no. You know, you're misunderstanding it here. And then Steven gives this like, you know, much better version of the song, in my opinion. Um and then they Steven goes back up to the house and the um the gems have the the wailing stone and it's going off for some reason and they can't get it to stop. And so Steven's trying to get his dad's audio equipment to try to see if he can interface with it to figure out what's going on. And it doesn't work at first. The gems are just quickly to give up on Greg. Greg's heartbroken about it because he wants to be useful, he wants to contribute, because he views the gem and this such high regard and um ultimately steven's kind of talking to his dad and then then they end up coming up with the idea that maybe the wailing stone isn't transmitting audio but video so they retry it again but this time as video and turns out to actually be right um but the message that it conveys from lapis is terrifies everybody except and, and garnet ends up stealing herself at the end and thanks greg for his help and uh, accomplishing the mission, which was receiving the message. And that's it. That's the message. This was a very Greg-centered episode. And the episode before this one, which was the story for Stephen one, was also pretty Greg-centric. So this has been like two very Greggy episodes. Greggy. Greggy. So I think... First, we can sort of talk about how Greg has a very different perspective on their relationship with Lapis. I think it it was very interesting to see um, how Greg sort of maintained this image of Lapis as like a sinister water witch, right? Uh, She's a riptide queen. Yeah. And... Stephen, because he has that sort of connection with her, because he was able to sort of see beyond the giant column of ocean that she has stolen, 
and see that really she was just like an injured gem that has trauma a history of trauma he tries to sort of change uh greg's view of what lapis lazuli actually stood for through song right and i feel that that sort of same sentiment that Stephen is trying to change Lapis Lazuli's image in front of Greg is the same. There's a sort of parallel in the way that Greg is trying to change his image in front of the Crystal Gems. So I think that's sort of like a, a shared sort of like message that goes across different perspectives in the episode. No, I 1000% agree. Um, this is a very image focused uh, episode. One would say it's a video focused episode. <laughs> but dumb. <laughs> I see. I see where you went there. Uh, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, like going off what you were saying, um, you know, it, it's these kind of episodes um, that not only are we dealing with Greg and the more human side of things, but also Lapis episodes that are episodes that deal with Lapis. Like Lapis is my favorite character. I love her to death. And seeing how Lapis is and knowing that you can tell just in the couple episodes that we've seen her so far that she has a lot of problems. She's clearly been through a lot and it's interesting to see, you know, where her character is going to go from here. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, even then, like you saw her, like in the very beginning, she was really upset. She was really angry at the crystal gems because they knew that she was a gem. They knew that she was trapped in that mirror, but they kept her in that mirror. And then in this episode, when you get the message, she's like, you know, Steven, you need to watch out they're coming for you, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's really concerned. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know it's more directed towards Steven personally, but, you know, it can be implied that just because it's directed to Steven, it's including everybody else that Steven cares about, including the Crystal Gems. Mm -hmm. But how about that music, though? <laughs> Like we get we get multiple we get, we get multiple songs in here. Let let I mean let's let's be real here. And each song here really um brings up like a good point. Like you said in the beginning, like we have like or that I mentioned, I should say, that Greg is talking about or in the beginning we have Greg trying to write this song because he's inspired for a new album. And, you know, he opens up his song with like, you know, she's a riptide queen and she's super mean because he has this, you know, perceived view of Lapis, but then we have Steven interject and say, hold on, hold on, hold the phone. Now give the phone to me. Lapis wasn't like that. You know, she was just, you know, like you were saying, she's just trying to get home. And then Steven gives this more heartfelt, you know, short song about how, you know, she was trapped, but she just wanted to go home. And you know, she was mad, but, you know, eventually she came around to Steven because he was empathetic. He he reached out to her. He wasn't angry at her for stealing the world's ocean or, you know, he wasn't blaming her for anything. He just wanted to help her and, you know, get her to where she wanted to go. 
And then later on, after we have the the gems and Greg try to, you know, plug in the whaling stone and get some audio out of it, and we over and it overloads Greg's car battery. Um, you know, Greg starts talking about how you know he could have tamed the whaling stone. He just wanted to show that he had some use to the crystal gems because you know when it comes to music and audio, like that's that's his area of expertise. Like each person in the team has uh, an area of expertise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Greg is trying to show that he can contribute, even though his skills may not necessarily be the most practical, but in this sense, like that's exactly what they needed. And, you know, Greg is so down on himself that even after he sings the song, he, you know, you have this in the notes that like, Oh, that's a B side. It's a B side uh, song. And you're clearly saying it's not a B side because it isn't. It's a really good song. And it really speaks from the heart from Greg where he is talking about how he admires the crystal gems. He he sees them and puts them on this high pedestal, which, I mean, can have its own issues. But the point is, is that he really looks up to them and he just wants to show to them that he has some uses, that he can be useful to the team and contribute, even though he's just a human and he doesn't know much about alien technology, but he knows a thing or two about what he's good at. And in this case, that's exactly what they need. Why do we think that the Crystal Gems have absolutely no faith in Greg? Well, it seems like um, in this case, um, it's really Pearl that seems to kind of have the issue. Um, and Garnet and Amethyst two are, are like kind of skeptical but pearl is the one that seems to have the most issue with that now i don't mm-hmm. we don't necessarily know why it is that she's having these issues um but of course like um and you have this highlighted again in the notes with uh pearl having this quote that she says like oh i knew this wouldn't work there's just no way greg's equipment could interface with our ancient gem technology and this was like you know right after uh, the battery kind of overloads and the car, you know, goes kaput. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seems like they know Greg's a human and they know that Greg isn't the brightest uh, light bulb out there. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, like they're trying to see if they can do this without him because, you know, they don't want to interact with him. He's just a human. And this is gem stuff. Like he's yeah, not th- going to understand it. He's not going to know what to do about it but obviously in this case you know he steps up yeah i think this is another example of uh, you remember that pearl episode where she felt very identified with the fact that she held all all of rose's secrets Mm -hmm. and she because she was she had that was a core part of her identity when that is called into question she can seem very defensive and she can act in ways that that are very dismissive and I think this isn't a rose thing, but it is a, a gem thing, right? Yeah. And to have to trust Greg, who to them is is not a particularly remarkable human being, to have to trust him uh, to sort of solve a gem issue is something that definitely can have an effect in their pride. And I think that's sort of part of what we're seeing here. They're so quick to give up on Greg. And that this is something that particularly like that that I noticed particularly all of their solutions prior to giving Greg a chance were were like put a pillow on it or 
you know, try to muffle the sound. But once Greg starts, you know, working in the 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 boom mic and he starts like adjusting like frequencies or whatever, they start to see that it, this just might work, right? And they have that little sense of is this actually happening? But then when the battery fails, they're like, oh well, you know, he gave it all he got. That's pretty much all he's capable of. And you know, the issue here was that the battery failed. They can just get a better power source, right? It's not that his his constructed plan was a failure, right? And this is how I feel that that this is more something of their pride of them not wanting Greg to have the answer because it says something about them that they're lacking and that Greg has. So I, I, I kind of agree with you and I feel this has to do with several things. Um, one has to do with um, the last time they kind of, cause remember there was a gem who other than Rose had a good relationship with Greg and that was Amethyst. Mm-hmm. And even now, Amethyst is going, Greg, we can't trust Greg with something like this. So even she's doing the, this is not something that uh, Greg can be trusted with. It's not that he's uh, he's unreliable in something like this. It's the last time they trusted Greg with something important, Greg broke it. Mm-hmm. And that would have been that? Rose. Oh, okay. okay. I mean, remember, they gave, you know, the, the last thing they had that was very important to them that Greg had was Rose. You know. And. He made Rose disappear by methods. Yes. So. For them, you know, Greg touches things. Greg destroys them. Greg is not reliable in that sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so Greg is doing the... Greg wants to be part of their sort of... Man, no matter what, it's going to come out like Ariel. But So Greg wants to be part of their world just because... Uh, Steven is part of their world and he just wants to be part of his son's world. But even with that, he goes, this is gem stuff and I'm not part of gem stuff. Yeah. Um, but he is and, an audio person, but he is an audio person, but this isn't um, an audio thing. And this, this isn't a gem thing. This is a self-esteem thing because when he says this, He's looking down, he's talking to his chest, he's uh, speaking uh, low. So this is a low self-esteem thing. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is a thing where he's saying, this is not something that you can talk to me about. This is saying, you cannot rely on me, son. I'm not reliable in these sorts of problems. You have to go to them. Don't turn to me in this situation. I can't help you. I don't know what this is. Go to them. 
So he's abdicating his his role as a parent in this situation. Oh, God, I sound like a family therapist. Oh, wait, I am one. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's abdicating his role as as the as the parent. And he's he's giving them back to he's giving Stephen back to the crystal gems mm-hmm. because he doesn't know what that sound is and he's going yep go to them because that sounds like it's probably a gem thing. Um, when the uh, when Stephen is like you know it's it's an audio thing that's probably Dad because Dad is an audio person. Let's let's bring it to him because Stephen looks up to his dad and he Stephen. Again, I go back to that thing that even though he's at, he should be at that age where he doesn't keep his dad on that pedestal, but he still does, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes me question his, you know, where he is developmentally. Um, he has his dad on that pedestal and he goes, hey, dad can solve this problem because this is what dad knows. He's the so audio he, daddy-o. His, his audio daddy-o. Um, And he brings the crystal gems down. So because Stephen has faith in him, Greg starts to build up a little bit of his own self-esteem because he doesn't want to look, he doesn't want to uh, be down on himself when his son is looking, looking up to him. Mm -hmm. But when the gems look down on him, he can't help but look down on himself. Mm-hmm. Because he's filled in their eyes. And because his son is part crystal gem, he thinks his son looks down on him too. Um, But when he's starting to realize that this is something that they can't fix and this is something that he can. um, And I love that song too. That's actually one of my favorite songs in uh, in this season that have a little faith in me song. Yeah. Um. This is where he's starting to realize, you know, and, and this, uh, oh my God, do you have the, the lyrics to, the, no, you didn't put the lyrics to the song in this. Have Why? A, oh, I know have them. It'll have a little fit in me. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Nope. That's <laughs> it. Right. You can still do it. You're, we're, we're not. I just, I just wanted to help, you know, I have a little, have a little, have a little expertise. I know it's not come, much. Come on, Mark. You could sing it. No, I'm not going to sing. A Wailing Stone. <laughs> We're mixing it all. Yeah, I think I screwed it up a little bit. But that's it. That's the song. So, um, but yes, it's it's one of my favorite songs. Um, so, they, um, he's able to see that he can actually f- fix it. He can solve the problem with if they're willing to give him the help. Mm-hmm. So with their help, he with can the help. resources, yes, with the resources, but he needs their help to get the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, so this is something that, in all honesty, um, I see a lot of, and this is what I do, um, in my field. You know, I try to give my clients, you know, the resources because ultimately, I'm not there. The, you know, for the rest of their lives. I'm only there for um, ultimately eight months. So I'm starting from day one, preparing them for when I discharge. 
Mm-hmm. So I look at what their strengths are and, you know, what they're lacking. And I go from there, you know, with their strengths and what resources do they need? What resources do they have? Um, and what they're, what they're lacking, I give them and what, what they have, I strengthen. Also, um, another very important part is addressing expectations, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now, Greg is struggling to feel useful. And because he knows he's the audio daddy he'll be like, you know, this is an audio problem. I can surely solve it. But, you know, this is much more complicated than just your usual, like, you know, I did a podcast recording and I need to make sure there's no reverb on it, right? Yeah. This is like alien transmission problems. So the moment that it doesn't, the first plan doesn't work out, it has a complete tanking effect on his self-esteem, right? And one of the things that we can do when, for example, I have a patient that have, has something like this, is in a similar situation, is sort of take a step back and and say, you know, what you were trying to do was something very ambitious. And there was definitely a possibility that you could have achieved it, but there's also a big possibility that you can't. And if you can't, you have to find out what little steps you can take so that next time that 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 becomes a higher possibility of success. And it's not just what things you can make it, you can make to what little steps you can take for it to increase the possibility of success, but also, you know, what things were you thinking of or what changes in perspective you can have that can change the direction of of how much effort you're putting into a problem. And that's sort of what Steven did, right? He he started telling Greg, like, hmm, wait, what if it's not an audio thing? You know, what if it's magic eyeballs? Yep. And then Greg, it, he just sort of hints at what Greg already knows, right? He knows that, you know, there can be two types of input. It could be audio or video. But sometimes you just, when you are at low self-esteem and you don't credit your own uh, capabilities or your own skills, you need somebody to sort of give you a push and remind you that you have that knowledge and that you are able to surpass your expectations. Exactly. Now, and at the end, even though the message was scary for the crystal gems, that's not what Greg and Steven needed to hear. What they needed to hear was they did, well, what Greg needed to hear was that he did his job and that he did a good job. I feel um, validated. Exactly. For trying to be part of the group and contribute. Because that's what that's what a lot of people need. They just need need to be validated in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um and hearing that what was done was exactly what they needed. Yeah. Um and in doing that, that helped his self-esteem, you know, raise so much more because he felt, you know, finally that he helped the Crystal Gems in a way that nobody else could have. And he was able to do something that the Gems could not. I think that's it for the message. 
Is there anything else that we're thinking? No, I I don't have anything else to say. Well, joy, because now we're going to talk about politics. I love politics. Can't you just hear the genuine tone of my voice in that? See, I don't think this episode is so much about politics, but let's get into this episode. Let's get the bits of the episode, and then we'll talk about the fact that I don't think about this episode about politics. That's true. Let's, Let's see. Yes, yes. All right. So political power. So it starts off with Pearl... Making this some sort of device, I have no idea what it. I don't even remember what it was supposed to be for. EMP. All I know is, yeah, she basically it's an EMP. EMP. <laughs> she basically makes an EMP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She it's makes an EMP those, to destroy to, the 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 robonoids. Yeah, the robonoids from Paradot. Yeah, and so she um, it, so she makes this EMP, but it becomes too powerful. And it actually knocks out the power for the entire town of Beach City. But doesn't kill the robot. But it, yeah, but it doesn't kill the robot. Um, so uh, Mayor Dewey co- goes to their ho- goes to his house, uh, to Stephen's house, and he asks if his uh, sisters, sisters are around. You know, the tall one, the small one, the cute one, and obviously he's referencing Pearl. Um, and he's like, you know, there's no power. We need power. Um, and Pearl's like, you know, well, you guys, humans themselves have been doing just fine without power for millennia. Like, you can be fine. Um, and Mayor Dewey is concerned because he doesn't want Beach City to end up like Ocean Town. Um, Ocean Town. Poor 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 Ocean ocean Town. (sighs) So sad. Anyway, so Stephen decides to go with Mayor Dewey to kind of do damage control. And they go around the entirety of Beach City, and Mayor Dewey kind of shoots himself in the foot with uh, promising everybody that the electricity will be back on by sundown. Um, and of course, that doesn't end up happening. And I think it, they go a couple, they go a few days without power. And everybody starts getting really upset because, you know, Meridu is making these promises, but nothing's happening. And then Steven kind of jumps in and saves the day and is helping, like, you know, attributes uh, Mayor Dewey to keeping everybody calm and collected while they're dealing with this, you know, outage. And then at the end of the episode, the power comes back on and everything's fine. So, uh, tell us, Kat, what is this episode about? So, if so, if you ever have little kids and they have a pet, like a goldfish or something, mm-hmm. and like this little kid is like three or four, they don't understand the concept of death. Mm-hmm. And they go out and like they go out to play or they go out to a friend's or to daycare. And before they come home, their fish dies. You don't explain to them that their fish died. You get another fish to replace it that looks exactly like their fish. Mm-hmm. And you keep doing that to protect them from explaining to them 
the loss of their beloved goldfish. Or if they get a, they have a dog in the house and the dog is really old and sick and dies, you don't tell them that the dog died. You tell them that the dog went to live on a farm. Mm-hmm. Because Sure, they may be sad that the dog won't be there, but they may be happy that the dog gets to live on a really big farm um, where they get to chase rabbits or, you know, eat tons of, like, yummy food, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So you try to give them the least scary opportunity, you know, the least scary story other than the completion of death Mm -hmm. because they're not going to understand that part of it um can i throw a wrench in that for a minute um when i was six i mm want to say my elementary school had one of those fun fairs Mm -hmm. and i want my brother and i both won goldfish um my brothers died mine Mm -hmm. still live for a while and my parents were quick to say no, it died. So they took us to the, the pet store to get a bunch of other fish um, just to kind of replace the one that my brother had lost while mine was still kicking. Um, then we went on vacation for a week. I forgot where we went. We came back. My fish was still alive for some reason. <laughs> uh, all the other fish had died. <laughs> so there was that. And then when my fish finally kicked the bucket, like again, like they were just like, nope, it's dead. Like they didn't, they didn't try hiding the fact they didn't, they didn't try like sugarcoating it. They're like, nope, it's dead. So <laughs> that, that's how I learned that things died. Okay. But, well, I mean, six years old. It's usually after four years of age that. Okay. I children said three start, or four. <laughs> yeah. It's usually after three or four years of age that they start to under, after three years of age, you're supposed to start understanding irreversibility. Like you'll yeah. never see them again. <laughs> But then, like, age four and up is you can start understanding death. So six sounds like a very appropriate age to have that. Yeah. That moment, that goldfish moment. Yeah. Be, be, like, three or four and you have the goldfish or the dog. They they pretty much are protecting you with the, the like, farm story and the, like, they're just buying you new goldfish and replacing them. But six years old, you, you kind of gotten that finality concept. Like death means, you know, you're going to sleep and you're not waking up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're going to Ocean Town. Yeah. Yeah. Ocean. So, you know, it's it's still a, a rough concept for a six-year-old, but, you know, they, they kind of grasp the concept a little bit easier than a three-year-old would. Mm-hmm. Um, so but then... Are we saying that the the townspeople are... Close to three-year-olds? Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to con- continue my story. So- because they don't go to school. Okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but what I'm going at is this whole, this whole thing is about protection, though. This whole episode is about people protecting other people. Mm-hmm. They're doing it the wrong way, but they are. Mm-hmm. So the crystal gems are trying to protect Steven from the fear and f- possible finality or the possible 
um, concept of another gem war mm-hmm. with the whole idea of Peridot coming with another gem or more gems because that message from Lapis Lazuli said that Peridot was coming with another gem. Um, the way the other gems were, uh, the way the crystal gems were interpreting it was that Peridot was coming with another gem or more. <laughs> they don't want Stephen to think that the earth is going to be overrun by crystal gems who are remarkably uh advanced technologically and that can overrun earth and so they are trying to protect them any way possible if that means he needs to be asleep while they run these experiments then he needs to be asleep if they need to lie to him that's what they're trying to do to protect Mm -hmm. him because they're still treating him like a child do we feel that Dewey says those things to protect the townspeople or to protect himself? He is doing it both. So it's both in a way to protect himself and he's doing it in a way to protect the town. He doesn't want them to be scared that they're going to be... um, Because it's like he said to Pearl... This is a town that is constantly overrun by monsters and aliens. And if they have their electronic devices, they're more easily um, distracted, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to pay attention to the fact that they're always overrun by aliens. Mm-hmm. But if they don't have electricity, they don't have something to distract them from the fact that they're always overrun and another alien attack happens during this time where there's a power outage, they're most likely to notice that they're going, that they're being overrun by aliens and he can't protect them. But I personally think there's a great contrast between the way that Dewey goes about the lying in the way that the crystal gems go about the lying. When the crystal gems are lying in order to protect Stephen from this sort of like cosmic horror that's coming to Beach City to, you know, destroy it practically, um, they're trying to not engage with Stephen as much as they can. Right. They're they're trying to do things like behind the curtain and make sure that Stephen is not a part of this. While Dewey goes around to every house telling them the power will be back by sundown. Here are glow sticks and vote for Dewey buttons. Which the sort of thing that it's communicating to you is that Dewey is banking on the situation to give out to dish out promises and to sort of secure a spot in the elections, in the next elections. And this is how I proclaim that this episode's about politics, because it is nothing but empty promises.
So I just wanted to preface that. I want that to be known. The reason why this is all about politics is because Dewey is like a lot of other politicians out there. And it's nothing but empty promises and a nice little gift, like a glow stick and a button. Because who doesn't love buttons? I prefer the glow sticks. <laughs> that the I think the big question is, I think the the episode really banks on this sort of uh, difference, right? The difference between one sort of lying to protect and one and the other sort. And I think, in part, I think the way that the politics works this sort of line becomes a sort of prerequisite to even be a potential candidate, right? Of course. When, when you're in competition with somebody else is making these bold like claims, you feel that you have to sort of even up. Otherwise, your platform is going to seem very unremarkable. Well, my next question would be, as the mayor of Beach City... If he would have disappeared mm-hmm. when the electricity, um, when the electricity went, mm-hmm. and didn't say anything, mm-hmm. what would have happened? How would everybody have felt? Well, that that is perhaps the complete opposite, right? It would be a complete abandonment of the people, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think he could have done to sort of address people's worries without lying to them, right? And if he would have told everybody, well, I don't know when the power is going to be back on, deal with it, how would they have felt? Yeah. The one thing you can do is like, right now we don't have the... We don't have a a complete idea of when the power will be will be back, but these are the things that we're doing to improve the situation, right? This this sort of situation is very very personal to me because I'm from Puerto Rico. I was during Hurricane Maria where we had no electricity for like a year, right? Mm-hmm. And you know when when Pearl says. Like human beings have been without electricity for millennia. Like, what's the big deal? We've already destroyed so much of nature that the concept of hunting and gathering doesn't quite work. Yep. Right? <laughs> like, Puerto Rico is pretty much streets, so you need gas to get anywhere. Yep. And it was, it's just like you don't understand how much a society depends on electricity until you lose it. So I completely get the sense of desperation, right? You have no communication. You have no air conditioning. Houses are not meant to have no air conditioning in Puerto Rico because they're just like ovens, right? There's mosquitoes at night, but you have to leave the window open so you can breathe. So it it, it becomes like this whole situation. And so I get that Mayor Dewey is trying to appease people's sort of fears right but making false promises Mm -hmm. in the end leaves those people with the same fear and when they're eventually disappointed because those false promises didn't come through it makes you believe that there's nobody you can trust in the government and the situation's only going to get worse right 
if you even if you take very extremely small steps and you document them and you let the people know what your progress is it's a lot more comforting even if you know you know if you tell them we won't have electricity for the next month right which is something that they told us at least we had that knowledge and we knew that they were working on it but that the projection is that there won't be electricity for a month and that gives you a sense of security that you know they're working on it to the best of their abilities i think the only the only difference is, is that mayor dewey wasn't doing anything exactly that's the big issue so mayor dewey wasn't doing anything and pearl wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. no the gems didn't care whether or not yeah. there was power or not they were still so, going to do their own thing cuz everything operates in magic so what did you want Mayor Dewey to do? Call the electric company? Mm-hmm. And I mean, where the, he could where have done, their, so, where the generators are, so, let so, ask them. So this is where I'm. I'm kind of stuck. I mean, I this is mm-hmm. this is I. I mean, I get where you where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I luckily I didn't have to go through this. I feel you know. This was something my my family had to deal with and you had to deal with. And Mm -hmm. this was like, and and I hated that everybody, you know, the worst part was the government saying, we're helping. And then to find out they aren't, they aren't doing anything. Yeah. (laughs) There's a, there's a million things he could do. He can first like, uh, sort of like contact the the electric authority right mm-hmm. find out what exactly is going wrong and what's it what's it going to take to get the electricity back up additionally they live in beach city i assume it's sort of like summertime there so there's going to be a lot of heat so distributing hydration like water bottles mm-hmm. is definitely something the government can do to help people People who are like depending on electricity, like for and breathing why hasn't machines Be- and stuff and why like hasn't that. Beach City moved like moved to like solar powered or wind power or like hydroelectric? Yeah, that's a that's a much more long term solution that definitely would help. But at least it's not something <laughs> I would expect Dewey to do right then, because it would take a lot more time for that for him to accomplish that but the thing is mayor dewey isn't doing anything he's not distributing water bottles he's distributing buttons and false promises and glow sticks and glow sticks sorry you, you the can't glow sticks forget the glow important. sticks come on don't forget the glow sticks those help when they were out of power to light the path <laughs> also to party and to party so so it was pretty political I would say. I think the main takeaway from this whole episode is power outages just really suck. Mm hmm. You have no idea. You're right. I don't. I'm not. I've only ever experienced power outages for at most like two or three days. Um, but you experienced it for a whole month longer, uh, actually, right? Yeah. At six. Yeah. Much more than a month, like pretty much like half a year. Yeah, I think I think for me it was only when I was there was only for like I think it was like two weeks when I was there. Mm. I don't remember. I was very young. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Anyways, 
Is there anything? Why why does Stephen let Dewey take credit for what? Because he's trying to make him look good in front of the townspeople. He he? wants to make. Wait, what? Should he look good? I feel like Stephen, because he cares about Mayor Dewey, he wants to. He doesn't want Mayor Dewey to obviously be out of a job because of something that you know. The, the the gems did because it wasn't Dewey's fault, and Stephen's only you know twelve years old, thirteen years old. I think he's mm-hmm. thirteen now. So I mean, you know, he he's just he's still like a teenager, still kind of coming coming of age. And in this way, if he lets Dewey take the credit for things, then it can kind of ease the 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 rage of the townspeople because they're obviously very upset that there's no power. Mm-hmm. And you know it's hurting their businesses and and ruining their livelihoods, but by letting Dewey take the credit for things and, and proving that Dewey really has their best interests at heart, which mm-hmm. I, I I believe that he does, he just does a really poor way of showing it. Yep. <laughs> um, this can kind of help. Like Stevens, like that that bridge that allows them to kind of start seeing eye to eye and understanding each other's viewpoints. Like Dewey obviously understands why they're upset and why they're mad, but Steven's now making that bridge. So the townspeople can see what Dewey is seeing and what Dewey is trying to do and what he's attempting to do, but you know, not necessarily succeeding. And it's up to Steven to kind of, you know, finish it. Like Dewey starts it, doesn't quite finish it, and so Steven's there to pick up the slack and be like, okay, hold on, let, let me let me finish constructing this bridge so that way you guys can start seeing eye to eye and everybody can kind of, you know, ease up and, and deal with the situation. But then, of course, the power comes back, so it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. Well, Steven realizes why... Um, Steven realizes that Dewey's doing a crappy job of trying to fix and help Beach City mm-hmm. um, the same way <clears throat> um, the Crystal Gems are trying to protect and help him. Yeah. And instead of telling the truth and being open and honest, they're lying to everyone and making everybody angry. And the same way Crystal Gems are lying to him and making him angry. Yeah. And if they just be honest, so in, in the way Dewey would be honest with the town, they would be a little bit more accepting and be like the same way you said, Jean, if he would just be honest with them and say, this is what we're doing. You know, maybe they'd be a little bit more accepting. They may not be completely happy, but they'd be a little bit more accepting. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're still going to be without power, but they would know this is what we're working on. This is what we're doing to help. Um, and uh, so this is uh, this is where uh, Stephen goes. Okay, you just need to be honest with them. Stop lying. Do this is what this is what happened and. You know, he's he's trying to help and he's kind of messing everything up. 
Um, but he does it because he cares. He's doing it to protect you guys. Um, and he has the conversation with the crystal gems. I understand you're trying to protect me, but we need to talk. Yeah. One of the, uh, another concept that I think it's very interesting, it's very perfectly illustrated in this episode is the concept of self-fulfilling prophecies. When Major Dewey sort of catastrophizing and telling Stephen how, you know, once the sun goes down, the, you know, it'll be anarchy and everybody will riot and destroy Beat City. Mm-hmm. He says, he literally says, the sun goes down, so does the town. And then he proceeds to tell absolutely everyone that electricity will be back by sundown. Yeah. Effectively fulfilling the prophecy that they'll get mad because he specifically says by sundown, it will be back. So if it's not back at sundown, they'll be mad fulfilling the prophecy that when the sun goes down, so does his town. And that's something that self-fulfilling prophecies are something that we often participate in, in sort of personal situations when we say, you know, if I go to this party, nobody will pay attention to me. And nobody likes me, so I go to the party, but because I think that uh, my behavior will be like very defensive, and people will register that, and they won't talk to me, so I will be fulfilling the same prophecy that I made, but it's made it's partly because I subscribe to that idea of the prophecy. So I think that's I think a that's very well-illustrated a- concept. Yeah, Sorry. I feel like that's going to be a very interesting t- uh, topic to keep an eye out for if there are future Mayor Dewey episodes. Um, just because I feel like um, when it comes to Mayor Dewey, this is like just in the just in this episode alone, you can totally tell that this is kind of something that he probably does a lot, mm-hmm. where he'll talk about something because he's so anxious and nervous because I feel like he knows that he can't really do anything. He's just a figurehead. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he makes these sort of claims only to then, you know, realize them himself throughout the episode because, you know, he's just trying to affirm his beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is like this whole idea of self-fulfilling prophecy is something um, to keep an eye out for in, in future episodes. Um, I think that wraps it up for, for political, political power, power, right? Do you have anything else you want to say, Kat? Join us again for another episode of Here Comes the Thought. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> so next episode that, will be our final episode yes, of the season. Yes, yes. So next episode will be our season one finale. Uh, Finally! I know, right? Finally, we can take an official break. None of these uh, unplanned and uncoordinated hiatuses that we've been having. But this will be an official break for um, for season for from season one to season two. It'll give us a chance to kind of view any sort of feedback you guys have for us. Um, give us a chance to kind of focus on our studies. I know, Kat, you're in your PhD program. Yeah. And... I am finishing up this semester, and um, let me tell you, it is a doozy. And we will be coordinating probably some, uh, I think we're going to plan some changes to the 
artwork, right? Perhaps. Listen, I was hoping we could keep that a surprise, but yes, guys, we we might we are looking to update the artwork and um, so to if be you have, looking for that. So if actually you have some ideas, you could send them our way too. <laughs> yes, if you have any sort of fan art, if you have any, if if you are in any sort of way artistically talented and w- wish to design our beautiful cover art, um, please feel free to reach out to any one of us. Um, on our Twitters, which is our, you know, the links in the descriptions below. Um, or, you know, feel free to reach out to us on the Geek Therapy Discord at uh, geektherapy.com slash discord. Um, that's probably going to be the easiest way to contact us. John's really the only one that will be on the forums consistently. However, if you have any additional thoughts about this episode and you wish to discuss them in a much larger for, uh, format, um, maybe sort of essay-like, you can, you can do, do so the on forums. the forum at uh, forum.geektherapy.com, right? Yes. Yeah. It's been a while. I don't, links I don't will remember be, the link. All links will be in the show notes. Exactly. Um, and so will our Twitter Twitter handle, handles. <laughs> if you're not artistically inclined, but you still want to draw fan art, you're welcome to do so. Yep. Just send us your stick figures. Like we'll mine. Appreciate I- them. I always. I will it. print them all off and hang them on my wall. <laughs> Thank or you we'll, so much. For or we'll put them on our Instagram. Whatever. <laughs> we need to make an HCAT Instagram. Uh, sure. One day. That's One for day. next season. That that's that's a that's a problem <laughs> for a future HCAT. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for tuning into this episode. Uh, be on the lookout for our season one's finale with their with another special guest. Well, you know they've been on before, but you know we're we're lucky to have them back on for our season one finale. Um, we're going to be talking about um, what's the episode's called? It is jailbreak and hold on, return. jailbreak's the last one. It's the return and jailbreak. Those are the last two. Yay. The returning jailbreak. It'll be a mega long episode for sure. Jailbreak return. You're just making up names now. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to come up with names for the next episode. Please anyway. bring cake. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>